Hey everybody, welcome to this latest episode of Adulthood Aesthetics with Danny B. It's your girl, Danny B. It's been a while. I know it's been a while. You know it's been a while. It's been a while. The last time I was on here talking my shit was in March. It was right after my birthday. So if you haven't listened to the last episode of this podcast, episode 7, 22 Things I Learned at 22, please go and listen to it. There's a lot of gems in there. But yeah, I was ready to take on the year 2020 as a 23-year-old. And unfortunately, I was unable to do that because 2020 decided to take me over and take over the world. Um, I'm talking about the pandemic, y'all. I'm talking about COVID, coronavirus. I have survived um, a global pandemic. And if you're listening to this, hopefully you have survived the pandemic as well. Technically, it's still going on. So please make sure to wear your mask, wash your hands, don't be nasty, um, don't be going to no clubs. It's not worth it. And not only are we living through a global health pandemic, we're living through a second pandemic. Well, I like to call it the second pandemic because that's what it is. Um, It's basically a race war. I call it a race war because that's what I personally think is going on right now. A race war, as you know, the killings of George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and countless other names earlier this year kind of incited protests and just expose the really ugly truths of racism that are still very much here in this country. Um, And where does racism come from? White supremacy. And I think right now we're at a really special point in time where we're trying to get to the root of it. We're trying to get to the root of the racism, trying to get to the root of white supremacy, and we're trying to dismantle that shit just because it's so ingrained in this country. Um, from the education system, our economy, the justice system, everything. It's its everywhere. And it seems like a lot, a lot of my peers all have an idea or an opinion or a think piece on what is the best, most effective way to dismantle white supremacy. And it's really hard to pinpoint exactly how this should be done just because our country is literally built on it. So I have my own ideas of what should be done or what we can do in the meantime. It's something that, you know, our ancestors have been working against for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So I don't think anybody has the magic potion to make it go away. But I personally think in order for us to dismantle white supremacy, we have to get that shit out of our communities. Um, There's so many different ways that we as black people continue to perpetuate white supremacy. And I don't think one way is more important than another way. Um, But one of the ways that has affected me personally is colorism. And I know you're thinking colorism, white supremacy, yes, colorism is deeply, deeply, deeply rooted in white supremacy. So I just find it ironic that a lot of people um, are super pro-black right now, but have preferences that were given to them by white people. So I want to talk about colorism today with the ever so beautiful, ever so talented, and very successful Brittany. Hi, yes. So I'm the founder of Noya Butters. I'm a dark-skinned woman, first and foremost. I'm an alum from North Carolina A&T State University. Snap, snap, snap. Yay, Aggie Pride. <laughs> yes, and I, for context, I'm originally from New Jersey, and now I'm here in Austin, Texas, living, loving, hating, <laughs> and just trying to survive quarantine, I guess. Yes, trying to survive quarantine. That's definitely like number one right now, I think in everybody's list. So today we're gonna talk about colorism. So I just wanna go ahead and jump right into it. What does colorism mean to you? And, And why do you think that this conversation is important to have with the black community? I think to me, it's people kind of favoring or not even no equality when it comes to lighter and darker skin 
And it's so like socially acceptable that some people don't even notice that it exists, but it, it very much exists. It's very much a problem. And I think it's an important conversation because we have to call it out for what it is every single time. So yeah, that's essentially what I believe. We on their necks with it. We on their necks with it. I'm going to start calling out everybody with this shit (laughs) because at this point, I just feel like, like I said, I just feel like at this point in time when everybody is like so pro-black, it's beautiful as fuck. Like it's honestly very... I don't know, emotional to think about it because I just remember that there was a time where, you know, we were perming our hair and, and we weren't embracing our blackness and everybody I seen think is trying to like embrace their blackness in the best way or, you know, baby steps that they know how. But right. I just cannot let y'all be out here trying to be pro-black and y'all out here being colorist i just can't do it i just cannot do it so let me go ahead and start with like a definition a webster definition of colorism is well actually let's break it down because i think a lot of people when they think of colorism they don't think it has anything to do with racism but it's it's rooted in racism so i want to give like three definitions so the first one is for discrimination discrimination is the mistreatment of an individual or group based on their social membership regardless of their social power anyone can experience discrimination so when people sometimes like to say you're being racist towards white people impossible you cannot be racist towards white people you can however be discriminatory against white people which sometimes i am (laughs) and then we have racism the individual cultural and institutional beliefs and discrimination that systematically oppress people of color, Black, Latinos, Native Americans, and Asians. Okay, so in America, those are the the main people of color and those are the main mi- minorities that experience racism. Um, like I said, the majority cannot experience racism, so white people cannot experience racism. And then from there, there's colorism which is a practice of discrimination by which those with lighter skin are treated more favorably than those with darker skin. This practice is a product of racism in the United States in that it upholds the white standards of beauty and benefits white people in the institutions of oppression. So media, the medical worlds, everywhere so that's colorism and a little fun fact colorism is a term that was believed to be coined in 1982 by pulitzer prize winner alice walker so in her definition was um just being prejudiced and having preferential treatment of same race color based solely on their color the roots of colorism like i said do come from white supremacy and go back all the way to um the slave time so do you want to give like a a brief rundown of like the roots of colorism yeah i think well i know it stems from slavery especially what we know as like the house slave and the field slave some people would say they're both slaves but one is being more favored than the other and The reason for that is because our ancestors are raped by the master and white people, which creates mixed fair-skinned babies. Yes. Oh, that's that's the crazy part about it. So Mm -hmm. the masters, the white slave masters were raping black slaves, were raping black women, um, making lighter skinned children. And so technically these light skinned children were related to the slave masters, but they were still slaves, but they, you know, would give preferential treatment. So they were, instead of working in the fields, they were in the kitchen, you know, they Mm -hmm. were chefs, they were butlers, they were taking care of the children. Um, Sometimes they would get better meals, sometimes they would get better clothes, still indentured servants, but, you know, just had maybe the better end of the stick. And that idea has been carried all the way up until 2020, which is like crazy as hell to think about. Right. It's very sad, honestly, to think about. We don't think we carry that mentality still, but it's very much in our faces of Mm. who's society's favorites, 
exactly exactly it's like society's favorites and honestly it just stems from like you know the proximity to whiteness right Um, if you can't have a white girl or if if you're not white let's just get the best the next best thing which is a light-skinned girl which i mean i don't know when you think about it and break it down that way how pro-black can you be when you have these preferences that are literally like rooted in in white supremacy quote-unquote preferences girl yeah quote-unquote preferences <laughs> and that's a whole another thing so how yeah. do you when you hear people say like skin tone is simply a preference that's what um a lot of men like to combat the whole um colorism debate about they're like well it's my preference um women like taller men women like um, men that are stronger athletes you know that's their preference this is my preference how does what does that mean to you or how do you feel about that that idea that skin tone is simply a preference I think it's some bs because I don't equate someone's complexion to like height like or body type or xyz I think of it as something much more deeper than that because it's been ingrained since slavery. So when somebody tells me that, I'm just like, well, why? Mm. Why? Exactly why? why? (laughs) And they will have a colorist-ass answer. Like, Mm -hmm. it's never a logical, like, supported fact or opinion. It's always something stemmed to hate themselves or dark-skinned women in general. Exactly. It always it always goes back to self-hate in, in some form or fashion. I was watching a video and the conversation was about colorism and it was a lighter skinned man saying he used to be a colorist and he used to only date lighter skinned women. But the reason why he didn't, well, quote unquote, his reason to make it make sense in his head was because his mother and his sister were dark skinned and he didn't want to date somebody that looked like his mother and his sister. But then you had somebody else on the panel that was like, well, my mother and sister were light skinned and I wanted to date people that did look like my mother and sister. So I just feel right. like it's whatever idea or whatever excuse that makes them feel justified is what they'll come up with, but it, it never necessarily makes sense, you know? And it's just like, what's wrong with your mother and sister like and that's the thing too it's like that's the thing too like why why wouldn't you want to be with somebody that looks like your mother and sister it's weird and then sometimes in in situations why wouldn't you want to be with somebody that looks like you like there's obviously no disgusting comments that kodak black made about how he only can um date or be with women that are lighter than him he was like anybody that's darker than me or my complexion i don't want them and and that honestly is what not necessarily triggered me but that's what i was like okay this is obviously a case of self-hate because he didn't Mm -hmm. say like i want somebody that's um you know lighter skin complexion he specifically said i don't want anybody that is the same complexion as me right so what does that have to say about you and your self-confidence and how you look and view yourself you know mm-hmm. i don't know why men hate their skin <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's just as simple as that like i know why at some point i didn't like my skin and i'm not saying men don't go through colorism but mm-hmm why not be educated on why you don't like your skin? And I assume he's in his 20s. You know, like, why do you just choose? At this point, it's a choice. Exactly. At this point, it definitely is. It definitely is a choice just because of all the education that is out there. But you said, you know, you know why you didn't like your skin. So um, what was your experiences with colorism? Because like you said in your introduction, you are a very beautiful melanated queen i would say chocolate but we'll get to that but (laughs) i don't want to call you chocolate because we'll get to that but what were your like experiences as a youth because obviously it's a different experience between um growing up and now but what were your experiences with colorism as a youth i always say dark skinned girls come with a story because Mm, every dark skinned girl I know has a story of when somebody called them blackie Mm. African booty scratcher midnight all of these Mm. things and I was watching dark girls 
and we'll get to that too but i i could not yeah we'll get to that i couldn't watch dark, dark girls again actually but yeah but one thing i noticed within that film though is like a lot of little girls like just young girls and we all know kids are mean as hell mm-hmm. and that's really where my beginning self-hate came from like being bullied and picked on and not really liking it and I'm Jamaican so a lot of the Jamaican culture is surrounded by bleaching Mm -hmm. and my mother's is light skin and my dad's dark skin then I'm like why don't I look like you mom like Mm. type thing it was just simple but very powerful moments in my life where I'm just like okay I gotta be a little lighter I didn't see nobody on tv (laughs) Everybody was picking on me. I had to stay out the sun. Mm. Was that something you consciously chose to do, staying out the sun, or did somebody ever tell you to stay out the sun? Both. Okay. Even into adulthood sometimes, mm-hmm. where I'm just like, eh, I don't need a team. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so many things, but it's all in the form of bullying. And I would say this, I went to black schools all of my life and they always came from black boys always 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 came from black boys yeah always so what about you is it kind of similar same story and you said dark skin you always say dark skin girls come with the story that's profound because that's mm-hmm. true you know we all do have a story especially from youth of when somebody picked on us and and i was also reading an article and somebody actually said dark skin it was actually gabrielle union said dark skin can be heavy to walk around in and i was like damn that's that's perfectly put because it is it can be a heavy burden to walk around with um especially when the world just doesn't necessarily see you as not even beautiful because when you think about you know everybody wants to be viewed as beautiful but that that can be superficial but it's to the point where dark skin is viewed as rougher, not soft, not nice, um, you know, can withstand pain. And at that point, it kind of freaks me out a little bit. But yeah, the story, my story is basically the same, blacky, African booty scratcher. And actually I was, I am African, I'm Nigerian. Mm -hmm. So that African booty scratcher took on a whole new meaning that came from everybody and that stayed with me for a very long time um and yeah people just being mean blacky i remember in and this is just a crazy memory i don't even know where this is coming from this had to be maybe kindergarten or first grade um i remember i was drawing and i was using the brown to like draw in whatever girl i was drawing and somebody a boy a black boy came up to me and was like why are you using that crayon? And I'm like, what do you mean why I'm using that crayon? Because I'm drawing myself. And he was like, you need to use the black crayon because you're black. Wow. And I remember just being like, well, damn. But I do remember there being like an after-school teacher that was like, no, nobody's black. You know, she's brown. You're brown to kind of break it down. But for that to come from, a, and like I said, kindergarten and first grade, for that to come from a six-year-old boy, mm-hmm. you know, somebody's teaching him that. And, and that's something that, that's why I think it's so important for us to address this generation right now, because it has to stop somewhere. Like it literally has to stop somewhere. So I'm like, why not let us be the one? We're trying to break generational curses with our finances. You know, everybody's trying to break generational curses, which is beautiful, which we should, but it's like, there's other curses, you know, that plague our community that need to be broken as well, which is, this is one of them. So crazy. It's the perfect time to unlearn whatever you need to unlearn. Okay. Unlearn. (laughs) Yes. Unlearn and be willing to learn. Like, come on, be willing to learn. What are some stereotypes that you think would be important for us to, like you said, unlearn um, when it comes to colorism in the black community? Black or dark skinned women are angry, tougher, masculine dark-skinned women well these are the stereotypes mm-hmm. dark-skinned women um don't like light-skinned women i don't know who is that a thing yeah it's it's really a thing 
and then yeah yeah you would be surprised you know Um, what it that actually is a thing because i remember i used to have several i used to roll with a little click i used to roll with a little crew and i was the only dark-skinned person in the crew the other girls were all light-skinned and i remember somebody coming up and just being like those are your friends and i'm like yeah and they're like you hang out with them and i'm like yeah those are my friends and i it went over my head until this very moment wow Wow. i didn't even know that was a thing (laughs) yeah it's it's really a thing like I have stories for days, but it's one of the most known stereotypes to me in my life. Wow. Like, yeah. Um, what other I wonder where that comes from. I guess the, I guess that's just supposed to be associated with us being what, jealous? Yeah. Jealousy. They got the man we wanted or, um, they're shown in the spotlight for like being so-and-so's wife and we're not really shown. Interesting. Um, Also, when we speak up about our opinions, we're just like the angry black girl, like, Mm. you know, so it's very, it's a way to dismiss our feelings, definitely. Yeah, I hate the the term angry black women for oh. for anything, for any type of black woman. I feel like I feel like they will put angry black woman on you regardless if you are dark skin, brown skin, light skin. If you're angry about something, you're an angry black woman, but especially um if you're a darker right. skin woman. Um and honestly, that's just a form of gaslighting. Right. And I know everybody is all into the mental health train and whatnot. You can't be you can't be an advocate for mental health when you're out here gaslighting people talking about you an angry black woman. And I don't mm-hmm. even know where that even came from because I'm not angry about anything. I don't know right. if you um, watched the 50 Cent and Lil Wayne interview that mm. was a couple weeks ago. Did you watch that? I did not watch the whole thing. I only watched the soundbite. Yeah, but, that, but but you heard what he said and yeah, how yeah. he was like we're we're angry and we be mad as mm-hmm. hell that that they go and get somebody exotic and I'm just like who is angry about this? Who is angry? Who wants Fifty Cent? First of all, somebody is there a black a dark skinned woman that is like out here like mad that Fifty Cent did not choose her? It, yeah, like I like I don't know where these men the angry black women think from but I will say like I keep it in the back of my head when I'm navigating life really in the workplace like I will just read the room be like okay Brittany you're dark skin you're natural Mm. you're not quiet um but if you bring this issue up you may be supporting that stereotype in these white people's brains that's unfortunate. And that's yeah. unfortunate that we're not able to speak up because we don't want to, you know, portray yeah. this this stereotype of because I'm I'm the same way. Like certain things will piss me off and certain things at work will won't be right. And it's like, what how can I get this point across without seeming hostile? And it might not even I'm it might not even make me that upset but it's like i have to choose my tone i have to choose the words i have to choose Mm -hmm. who i'm going to send this message to first you know because i don't want to be a messy angry black woman and it's just unfortunate that that um that's something that we have to live with when people you know are advocating for women Mm -hmm. to be able to speak their minds when there's obviously a a percentage of us that can't speak our mind the way we want to and the way we need to Exactly. It's like we gaslight ourselves, but Mm. it's not our fault. It's not our fault. (laughs) It's not our fault. We just literally are just trying to survive at this point in America where colorism exists. Mm -hmm. So gaslighting ourselves. And I didn't even realize um, I was when doing research, I didn't even realize how colorism is affects the workplace in corporate America, mm-hmm. thinking light-skinned women or light-skinned people in general are more qualified for the job, more educated for the job, you know, will do the job better. And like I said, I just, I just be wanting to know how, like, where did y'all get this from? I think because lighter skin. It's people, the proximity to whiteness. Yeah. It, they look like them. They're more comfortable talking to them mm. than to a dark-skinned person hoping they're like more like them <laughs> yeah since if they look mixed or they're like light-skinned with like looser texture or something like that like they will just hope that 
society makes them more white than black. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, right. So white people are definitely perpetuating um, these colorist ideals, and and black people are definitely perpetuating these colorist ideas, um, especially. And honestly, when I think of when I I'm going back, 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 back to a point I just made. So when I think of like that little boy that asked me, you know, you need to be using a black crayon, and I'm like, well, who taught him this? You know, mm-hmm. who is teaching him this? Um, I personally think it's the media, right? Mm-hmm. It's the media, um, it's our music, it's what we watch on TV. Um, What are some examples as to where you saw colorism for the first time, like in media? The first time in media, not seeing any dark-skinned women. Just in general. Yeah, I thought I didn't exist when it comes, okay, so when you look at the TV, you see like success, like, they're actresses and actors and singers. And you're like, okay, they made it, they're successful. But none of them are dark skinned. So mm-hmm. it's like, in my brain, like, I'm dark skinned. Can I not be successful in mm. these fields of entertainment? Right. That's that's true because I was reading an article in Gabrielle Union, both Gabrielle Union and we know we all stand Gabby Union. Um, she's the yeah. most one of the most beautiful black women ever. Gabby mm-hmm. Union and Lupita, who was named, mm-hmm. I think it was 2017's most beautiful woman in the world. Mm-hmm. They both were talking about how hard it was for them to break into the entertainment industry just for yes. the fact that they were darker. And when you when you think about something like that, it's just like, well, damn you know like that shit is real you know our our beauty icons didn't even believe that they were beautiful gabby used to say that she didn't think she was beautiful she went to she's from nebraska uh, nebraska she's from nebraska went to an all-white high school so obviously none of the white boys were checking for her and it wasn't until she went to i think it was a basketball camp where she like was around black boys and and somebody actually you know was choosing on her but then i think she ended up getting like a summertime boyfriends um at the basketball camp but he ended up like breaking up with her or something for a lighter skin girl lighter you know skin. but it but it took her a while for her to even realize that she was attractive by anybody until she she was out in the um environment which is sad and and also in media it's it's really microaggressive as well, the way that they do it. Sometimes oh. you don't even necessarily know. I didn't even realize with the Proud family. Trudy and um, Penny, obviously lighter skinned women, mm-hmm. and the Gross sisters had straight backs, Afro pumps. Yeah, I didn't even think of that either. Shout out to wherever I got that from. Mm-hmm. You had straight backs, Afro puffs, and they were darker skinned to the point where they were actually, y'all watched The Proud Family, right, they were yeah. blue. Yeah. They were blue, and as they would walk around, like little things would come off, I, I guess, to insinuate that they were ashy. I don't know. But it's like just things like that and, and Martin, and I know everybody is really excited about the new strong black lead Netflix shows that are going to be coming out on Netflix. And I saw somebody, somebody say like, let's not have any think pieces about like the misogyny and the homophobia and the coloristic tendencies that these, you know, shows from the nineties are obviously going to portray. And I'm like, Ooh, that's going to be hard for me personally. (laughs) I can't sit there and ignore that. But when you think of a show that has been on TV from the 90s, um, Martin, you know, Pam and Gina, classic examples and just just Mm -hmm. examples throughout all of black television, having the light skin lead with the dark skin best friends, you know, that is microaggressive, you know, that that dark skin woman has to be supporting a light skin woman in, in some type of way. Did you notice that, like, with, okay, Issa Rae's dark skin, Molly's dark skin, and I was really happy for that. Mm. But when they looked at Molly, like, being angry, because mm. she always had an attitude, quote, unquote, I'm like, damn, like, is this supporting, <laughs> um, like, that? But I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, like, that stemmed my brain from because... when I was watching it, yeah. I can see where you say that. I think because mm-hmm. like Molly was being angry towards her friend Issa, who also was a dark skinned woman, that kind right. of made it a little bit more okay for me. Mm-hmm. 
because she's not like displaying because so you have an angry or well, a quote unquote mm-hmm. angry black dark-skinned woman but you also have Issa who is a dark-skinned woman who isn't angry so yeah that kind of makes it okay for me now since we're talking about insecure um <laughs> It kind of, well, I wouldn't necessarily say upset me, but it made me think about the only, the only character on there that is married and has a family and just had a baby. What's Mm. her name? Tiffany, Amanda Seals. Amanda. The light skin, who I love. I love Amanda Seals. Don't get me wrong. I love Amanda Seals, but she's the only character on there that's married. And that goes back to, um, like you said, Dark Girls, which I personally could not rewatch Dark Girls. I watched Dark Girls for the first time, um, you know, when it first came out on Oprah when I was, I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't watch it. It came out on own. Yeah, I watched it with my mom. It's definitely when we lived in Michigan. So definitely in like middle school or high school is when I watched it. And I never watched it again. And I saw it on YouTube and I put it in our notes for this episode. And I was like, yeah, I yeah. watch it. And I just didn't want to just because I remember the trauma that, I don't know, that stuck with me. Because there was a, a section in that part where they were talking about, they hit several different parts and several mm-hmm. different aspects of colorism in that documentary it's a really good documentary i just could not rewatch it but you know there was one part in there where they were talking about romance yes. and how light-skinned women are more likely to be married mm-hmm. and that just kind of that's what i thought about when i realized that tiffany was the only character on insecure that was married and had a family right and like she was like cute and successful mm-hmm. and never really angry at anyone. And then Tiffany Kelly, I think her name is in the show, mm-hmm. I forget. Yeah, Kelly. Um, she's like plus size and she's the funny one. Mm-hmm. It, it stereotype. That's yeah. what I think of. The girl like, always has to be funny. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if we're the dark skin friend we have to be funny we have to like add something to the light-skinned woman's life and then it's just like Mm -hmm. is this helping or is it not it's exhausting it's (laughs) exhausting and it's and it really is is irritating yeah and i like the fact that um on insecure molly that's why i don't necessarily i see where you're coming from with molly being the angry black woman but i don't think necessarily think that they were thinking that way because there definitely was some points where i was like okay this is a this is a win for us Mm because i like the fact that molly and you know i'm a member of alpha kappa alpha i like the fact that molly and tiffany were line sisters um because in, in going back to just personal experiences the brown paper bag test kind of stems back to um social clubs and Greek mm-hmm. letter organizations and uh, lots of different organizations, not just AKA use the brown paper bag test, but AKA was known for using the brown paper bag test where they would put the brown paper bag up to your, up to your skin. And um, if you were the color or lighter, you could, you know, maybe apply for membership. If you were darker, you could not. And that just mm-hmm. back to, and like I said, 2020, this is still going on a couple months ago, there was a tag where I guess um, somebody had commented on like a video of a bunch of different AKAs that were all light skin and somebody were like, do dark skin AKAs not exist? And they made a thread on Twitter that was like, oh, they, they think that, you know, dark skin AKAs don't exist. Let's prove them wrong. And there was a, a thread that went viral of dark skin AKAs. And I personally did not feel comfortable participating because I'm like, why do I have to get on Twitter and post a picture of myself? To- yeah. To, to let y'all to let y'all know that I exist. Right, right. And I think that that and and that's just an example. But I think that that's something that we as dark skinned women need to get out a frame of mind for because that just was an example as far as Greek life. But there's several different threads that I oh. see all the time on Twitter. That's like they said dark skinned girls ain't winning. Let's show them that we are. <laughs> Can we can we stop trying to prove to these people that we exist and that we're yeah. and that we're beautiful? Like I understand, but it's, I understand what you're trying to do, but at the same time, I feel like it's harmful. It's so harmful because it's like a picture of me is not going to convince you that I am a human. Like I exist in full form. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally just a picture. And then we're, I know we're going to get into this later, but like just the way people like fetishize 
dark skin chocolate quote unquote mm-hmm. we have to be oiled up yeah okay <laughs> have a thong on to be like cute. and have to have a body okay okay come so on now we can tap into that right yeah now. yeah so <laughs> i always thought that that was i always thought that that was just a thing in my head about the oil i'm like every time i saw like a Every time I saw like a, a dark skinned girl that went like viral or something, she mm-hmm. always had like super clear skin, um, perfect skin, right? Oiled up, like you said, in a, a thong or mm-hmm. in like a beautiful ass body. And it's just yeah. like, why we gotta do like why? Why can't I be beautiful in my regular, you know, lotioned up skin? Yeah. Why I gotta be oiled up, you know? Why can't I be beautiful with a, a blemish here or there? Why I have to have clear skin? You know Or 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 C hair. Like Oh yeah, that's the thing too. They I feel like okay, there's a few token dark skinned girls. Like, like they don't have like Big lips, like 4C hair, like Bria Miles. Do you know who Bria Miles is? Yes, I know Bria Miles. She I was has gonna a say like nose. Right. I was gonna say like a a Justine Sky. Mm. Yeah. Like she she's not Viola Davis. Like, <laughs> like, but she's socially acceptable and whenever she posts a selfie or whatever, or it goes viral every couple months. It's like dark skin girls are beautiful. Da, 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 da. But when we look like Viola Davis, mm-hmm. it's just like crickets. Right. So it's not just, so would you say it's not just skin tone, but it's also features? Oh, yeah. It's like hair, it's lips, like it's height, like nose. nose. You have to have like slanted eyes or just some feature to make you have to look quote unquote exotic in some type of way yes Yes. you have to look quote unquote exotic and it's like that's who people accept when it comes to darker skin Mm -hmm. and you have to be as feminine as possible yeah as to what we explained of being into little to no clothing Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you can't dare you have a hoodie on and some like short to I'll be you know chilling yeah and I'm not as acceptable mm-hmm. um another question that I wanted to um well a topic that I wanted to discuss going back to I'm sorry that I have to keep going back to what this man said but what he said was just so crazy to me and I just want to want to dissect it um Kodak Black said that light-skinned women are softer and easier to break than dark-skinned women what does that, and this is a question genuinely for me to you, what does that mean? <laughs> to, easier Girl. to break? Genuinely, what does that mean? <laughs> I guess more naive and more like easygoing. And break mentally? I think he, yeah, mentally. Because breaking mentally, that sounds like some slave master ass shit, right? to break you like why would you want to break anybody and that's where we need to and that's another little segue um misogyny colorism Mm. is rooted in in misogyny um like we said from from the beginning 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 it was the white men that were raping black women Mm -hmm. you know that's that's disgusting and toxic misogyny, you know, and that has been brought up all the way up until 2020. So when I hear a man talking about a light-skinned woman is easier to break than a dark-skinned woman, why are you trying to break women at all? At all. (laughs) Crazy. Like psycho. (laughs) I think we all can see that Kodak Black is not all there. Yeah. But he has a fan base, as does 50 Cent and Lil Wayne, like all of these rappers they have a responsibility and they fail us every single fucking time every single time every single time and that's why it's so important and that's why i'm just like when is the rap industry going to do something about it because honestly and truly i if any if i can pinpoint anybody in the media actually let me not do that but 
the rap industry and the hip-hop industry is definitely definitely up there as far as who is keeping colorism and ideals alive and beauty standards alive with the um not even just with the videos but even in the rap lyrics i'm a, a pop smoke fan and my best friend Natalie, we are both Pop Smoke fans, R.I.P. Yes, and a couple weeks ago, his his deluxe album came out. And we like, ooh, the deluxe album. Ah, 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 ah. And we're playing the songs or whatever. And then one of the songs comes on and he's like, something, something, something. Tattoos, ass fat, light skin, that, that. And we just kind of like uh, look at each other uh, and we're like, why did you have to say that? say that? Like, why? Why did you have to say that? And it's not just him. It's lots, it's lots of rappers that say that. But then didn't he say, I like them dark skin. I like them melanin. Like, what's he did say that? that. He said, I like, uh, uh, like they melanin. Yeah, yes, he so did say that. Lift us and then just say, oh, no, that's my preference. I guess that, that was, I guess that, that was our song. And this is their song. <laughs> like here. Take right, it. here. Even though that song bangs too. But honestly and truly, mm-hmm. um, we were, and that just made us have a conversation. I personally think, and I thought this through. I personally think as a rapper, and I'm no rapper, but I like rap music, so I feel like Me I can too. comment. As a rapper, I feel like if you cannot paint the picture of a bad bitch without having to mention skin tone, you're not as tight with your pen as you might think you are. Period. Yeah. Genuinely. Because there are some rappers that do a good job. And and we had this conversation with Natalie, and she was like, Smino never mentions skin yes, color. Yes. You know, never mentions skin color. And he always is talking about some bad bitch that he got, you know, whether it be her ass is fat, she's rolling up a lump for him or doing yes. whatever, but he never has to mention skin tone. So why why does that always have to be? a topic of conversation when it comes to describing women in rap music. And I love rap music. I, Me too. I love hip hop. Like, and I noticed, like, even before Pop Smoke, like, I just noticed. So, mm-hmm. And, like, imagine you being a teenager loving hip hop and you're hearing this, you're going to think something's wrong with your skin tone because you don't see it. Nobody's talking about it nobody's genuinely uplifting it other than saying oh you're so chocolate or i will bite you or some shit you know like, bite you. <laughs> just sexualizing my skin for real oh that's funny i will bite you no honestly what was fab said skin tone like hershey body lord have mercy that's why yes. I was, that was like the first time and i was like oh skin tone. he's talking about me but again body lord have more mercy you know yeah sexualizing it's all right, but you know. <laughs> I don't know if you love mercy. I mean, it's cute or whatever, but I don't know. And then you got Tiana Taylor in the video, right? Yeah, I think so for that one. And then it's just like, okay. It's but I mean, no that winning. Was, yeah, it's, but it's just like, that was just one instance in like how many years or that was definitely in high school. So that was like one yeah. in all of high school that I experienced that via rap music and it's discouraging. And I just feel yeah. like it's a slapping, it's a slap in the face, especially like with Chris Brown saying, you know, he only likes bad bitches with the, with the nice hair. Like mm-hmm. it's just discouraging to go so hard for an artist that you like. Well, sidebar. I'm not talking about Chris Brown when it comes to me. I'm not a Chris Brown fan. Haven't really been like oh. a huge Chris. I mean, I like his songs, but I'm not like a, you know, a breezy stand or whatever. Yeah, no. But, you know, I do know people that are Chris Brown stands that do look like me. Like, that's just a slap in the face for you to to say something like that when your fan base is, comes in all different shades and colors and hair textures. Like, do you mm-hmm. not give a fuck? Mm. And they don't see the issue. I think that's what it is. That's the base of this conversation. Like all of these people that were talking about the workplace, hip hop, like media, Mm -hmm. these casting directors in Hollywood, they don't see the issue. Mm. And when dark skinned women say the issue, we're deemed as angry and our feelings are just dismissed in general. But these are the same people that want to be inclusive want to support Black people, are pro-Black as of now, 
but you cannot be and and that's going to be the thing and that's the thing you cannot cannot. be pro-black and be a colorist i don't give a fuck if that's your preference your preference is based off white supremacy you cannot be pro-black i mean you can say you're pro-black but i but i'm gonna need you to have like a an ellipses that says except for my preference which is based on white supremacy because you cannot do it it's like literally it's just like it doesn't even make any sense but no i definitely understand that and to black men that say okay i like dark-skinned women don't fetishize our skin don't try to sexualize us as Mm -hmm. much as you get relate us to food and <laughs> like food. That's tell, the thing, girl. Like, like tell us what a bite us or a damn or I like whatever. Lick you. Are you right. sweet? Exactly. <laughs> that doesn't help. That doesn't support. That doesn't uplift us. I don't Mm-mm. feel good about it. And you need to figure out why you generally like and support dark skinned women and support us when you're not attracted to us, when we're not your mama, your sister, mm-hmm. or your best friend support all dark-skinned women because our stories are nine times out of ten the same literally literally and that's the and now you're talking about supporting all type of women that was a conversation on um everywhere a couple weeks ago black men protecting women that was a thing yeah do black men protect black women that was like a thing and people were right. like well yes we do and no you don't well how should we this is how you should this not being a colorist is protecting black women you cannot protect black women if you are a colorist if you're protecting light-skinned women if you're if you're only protect if you're only only protecting light-skinned women you are not protecting black women women if you're only protecting you know women in your family you are not protecting black women if you're only protecting women that you're attracted to your home girl you are not protecting black women yeah and I don't fuck with you. Like that's the thing. And <laughs> people, people always ask, well, what? Why do you hate? Well, I don't hate men. I love black mm-hmm. men. But it's just like, well, what's your issue with black men? Y'all, y'all be capping. Capping. Y'all be capping. That's right my issue with y'all. I don't hate nobody, but that's my issue with y'all. Y'all be capping. Y'all really need to look at yourselves in the mirror and and understand why do I feel this way about my skin tone? Why do I feel this way about women that look this type of way? Why am I only attracted to women that look this type of way? Here's a thought. Mm -hmm. Do you think men experience colorism? And is that why they themselves are colorists? Yes, I do. I will... I don't think that that's why they're colorists, but I do think that they oh, experience yeah. colorism. I mm-hmm. do think that's why they, they experience colorism. I don't necessarily know how, but I'm sure, I'm sure they definitely do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, whether or not is, if that's why they're colorists, I don't know. I, I blame the media. I blame the media for them being colorists. And I just blame that idea. I don't know, just being passed down generationally. Yeah, it's historic reference. Definitely, mm-hmm. like it's we're supposed to think like this. Mm-hmm. Like the system in America did its job. Mm-hmm. It's, exactly, they did a they did its job. They did a very good job. It's been a long lasting job. You know, it's mm-hmm. been it's here. It's rooted, and I I just can't believe. Like I said, twenty twenty. I just can't believe it. And then like I think about it, and it's like I would love to have a little brown girl running out in this world but it's like is this issue gonna be it can't be an issue this cannot be an issue in 10 years unfortunately i think it's going to unfortunately i think it's people that's going to choose ignorance before Mm. anything like when i watched the grapevine kind of discussion about kodak black and it was one person there you wouldn't believe it. I don't know if you saw Oh, that. girl, I watched it last night. I know exactly who you're talking about. He literally I had was... a Protect Black Woman hoodie on. I was screaming at the screen, and I thought it was so funny when that guy called him out on that and was like, yes. it's funny that you're wearing this Protect Black Woman tee, but you are literally trying to defend then a colorist that yeah. said they, that they want to break Black women, light skin or dark skin. He's interested in breaking Black women. So that, But that's where... That's why I said, y'all be capping. 
that's what I'm saying. But they like men like that exist. Mm. And like sometimes they're empowered influence. Mm -hmm. So think of how many other people like Kodak Black thinks that way. That one guy at that table thought that way. It's so many other guys. Yeah, no, it's literally just not Kodak Black. It's literally, (laughs) he's just a a celebrity that made a very stupid comment that I can come right, double down on, but it's it's not just him. It's people on RTLs. It's people we've gone to school with. You know, it's people in our families. Mm -hmm. Oh, girl. Oh my God, yes. And then you you said that (laughs) you are Jamaican and I know like colorism is a thing in the islands bad and colorism Mm -hmm. is a thing globally it's a it's a global global it's honestly a global pandemic Pandemic, um, colorism if we want to talk about pandemics it's honestly a global pandemic um skin bleaching is Mm. a 24 billion dollar industry globally and it just makes me sad because south asia is really big into the bleaching the caribbeans like you said is really into the bleaching in nigeria like i said i'm nigerian nigeria is really heavy into the bleaching and the skin bleaching use rates in nigeria are 77 percent that's a lot of fuck that's a lot of that's fucking, almost that's everybody, everybody except like children that's everybody except yeah. for like children and probably men are you kidding yeah because yeah. this wasn't just amongst women this was amongst the entire country that's literally maybe almost all women adult women yeah that just makes me really like sad and i was watching indian um i was watching indian matchmaker on netflix it's a very mm-hmm. good show i would recommend everybody to watch it girl, if you like show. Little... Yeah. girl watch indian matchmaker it was very entertaining i finished it in like two days it was a, a cute little easy watch but um i i thought that that was really interesting indian matchmaker and i you know i went on google to try to read some think pieces about it because i knew mm-hmm. some type of you know indian americans obviously had something to say about it because i think it was controversial and um one of the articles that popped up one of the first one was like indian matchmaker and how it's um uplifting colorist ideas because mm-hmm. so she so she's a, a matchmaker she's like this old lady quote unquote Indian matchmaker and the families will bring it's arranged marriages so the families will bring like their criteria of what they want for their son or daughter and then she'll go and find them and like almost all the criteria that the family was bringing was they didn't say light skin because this is a different country India Mm -hmm. but they were fair skin yeah so they're like fair skin boy comes from a good family blah 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 Mm. blah blah fair skin girl um beautiful educated blah 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 blah, blah. fair skin family like all of them wanted fair skin girls or fair skin men for their sons or daughters and then i think um this is kind of not related but related in the same way i know for us here in america it's rooted from slavery but i know around the world it's kind of a caste like social status symbol i guess like if you're if you're darker, you're more likely to have been like working in the fields, mm-hmm. um, been outside, working the hard job versus if you're like fair skin, you're more likely to um, not have to work so hard, which means like your family probably comes from money. So I think that, that that's where they're coming from, which is, mm, that's not how genetics work, but whatever, go yeah, off. Yeah, and I <laughs> like, I, cause I have a skincare line, so I noticed like- Oh yeah. Words in beauty that people use. Come on, beauty guru. Tell it to us. I'm not a guru. But I just noticed. I just noticed because I see it so often because I have a skincare line. So um, I get all the Instagram ads and stuff like that because I'm looking at them more often. Mm -hmm. And everything lightning, brightening. dark is bad like type Mm -hmm. of language Mm -hmm. and I'm just like yo like it's so ingrained into our brains Mm -hmm. to the point where it's in marketing and to the point where it's in that Netflix you know show of Mm -hmm. like fair whatever is better and I'm while you were talking I was thinking I'm like "Hmm, we well I don't but darker people do so much to be lighter tend to be as you were just describing, but white people do so much to be darker. 
like it's panning. ironic as fuck it's so ironic and i'm i was just sitting here i'm like ain't that a yeah what? because white people white people they want what is it tall dark and handsome oh girl oh white boy Ooh, tall, dark, and handsome. You made that face. She made a face, y'all. She made that face. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that, but I think we're on the same page. Oh, yes, yeah. They want tall, dark, and handsome, but some of they want tall, black, and handsome too. You know, mm-hmm. and that's that's the thing. That's why I'm just like men, and I'm gonna say this 50 million times: you cannot have a preference in light skin and white women, what? and call yourself pro-black. That shit is rooted in white supremacy. I was reading an article where um, Eartha Kitt, which is like arguably one of the most notable sex symbols in the black community and just in the entertainment industry in general, you know, she's known for being beautiful, being sexy. She, um, I don't know if you know, but she married a white man and somebody had asked her, well, why did you marry a white man? And she was like, well, I was dating, you know, I was dating the the big names in Hollywood. I was dating Harry Belafonte, which you know is yeah. a very famous um, black actor. I was dating Harry Belafonte. And one day after, you know, we finished doing what we were doing, he held me in his arms and was like, don't get attached. Cause I, cause you can't take me seriously. Cause I can't take you seriously. And she said, I asked, well, what do you mean? And he said, I have to be with a white woman if I want to get far Mm -hmm. in this industry, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's like white women are equated to status. Yes. You know, football players, basketball players, athletes, um, you know, just people in general, uh, what is it, businessmen, you know, a lot of the time they do. And this is, I don't necessarily know how it is now, but a lot of the time they did, you know, come up on some money and get them a white woman, you know? And then, like I said, sometimes if you couldn't get you a white woman, light skin might be the best next best thing. So it's like, just, just look, look yourself in the mirror, man, and and make sure that you have these preference. Well, you can't have the preferences for the right reasons. You just simply can't, but just acknowledge why you have these preferences and just know that, you know, you feed into the white man's bullshit. Thank you. And if you want to marry a a light skinned woman, just don't bash a dark skinned woman. And that's the thing. That is the thing. Preferences like I said, you, you technically cannot have these preferences, but yeah, if yeah. you want to have, if you want to have these preferences yeah. and if you want to, you know, die on this hill, sure, <laughs> this can be your preference. However, preferences aren't rooted in hate, baby. Like, I I can want me a tall man, but I'm not out here shitting on short men, you know? It just does not, preferences aren't rooted in hate. If your preferences are rooted in hate, that's the problem you know that's discriminatory exactly yeah so yeah so and just so we're getting towards the end of our conversation i really appreciated this conversation and like i said i really did not want this to be like a i didn't want this to be a rant and if you do listen to this and if you do think this is a rant um you're being anti-black woman because we just said that when we talk about our feelings and if you dismiss it as us being angry or ranting, you're gaslighting us and you're being anti-black woman. So think before you have that thought about this conversation, okay? We were not angry. We're not ranting. You know, I love me. You love you. I love you. I hope you love me. Yes. And we're good over here. Nobody's angry. Nobody's mad. You know, I just, we're educating, you know, and I just feel like right now, like I said, at this moment in time, it's really important for us to see how the white people have brainwashed us in all different types of ways. This is just one way that we have to unlearn. There's several things that we need to unlearn if we really want to tap into that blackness. Um, And this is just something that I felt that we, the both of us could talk about. Um, And so in closing, I just kind of want to talk about um, what can be done and what needs to be done and who needs to be the one to speak up in order to help us and to help the black community unlearn in general. I know a lot of people we're talking about how these particular sets of Black Lives Matter protests this year had a lot of white people standing behind them. 
And a lot of people were like, that's good, that's good. Like, we need white people to help fight racism. Um, I feel the same way for colorism. We need light-skinned people to help fight colorism. You know, we need light-skinned people, light-skinned women, not even light-skinned women, light-skinned women and light-skinned women. We need light-skinned people to recognize their privilege and call that shit the fuck out. I have a light-skinned friend that told me that um, she's been on several dates with several men that were just like, oh, you just so, you just so light-skinned. I wanted to talk to you just so light-skinned. You just so beautiful. Ah, 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 ah. And I'm like, well, what did you say to that man? And she's like, well, it just made me uncomfortable. I didn't say anything. That's the problem. That's you know, problem. you have to call them out. You know, you have to call them out. And honestly, you shouldn't want to be fetishized over your skin anyways. That's weird. But yeah, light-skinned people need to recognize their privilege and they need to call out the people that are continuing to keep this up, you know, men, black men, white people, anybody. Right. What are your takeaways? What do you think needs to be done in order to combat this? I agree with that. Um, and I would say just basic language. Like if you don't know where to start, just basic language when you're talking to lighter and darker women like oh you being light-skinned mm. like I know you posted that like a couple weeks ago where yeah. somebody said oh you being light-skinned you can't text me back like problematic that is, that is so problematic you cannot say that you cannot say that there is no such thing as acting light-skinned yeah. as acting dark-skinned you cannot say that notice that people always say you act in light-skinned but nobody ever necessarily identifies what acting dark skin is like i guess you're supposed to just assume it's the opposite of acting light-skinned because they know if you were to say well acting dark skin is being pressed acting dark skin is paying mm -hmm. me attention they, they would know that they sound crazy so they just decide to keep it with you acting light-skinned but that's problematic you cannot say that y'all exactly and it's like when you're talking to a dark skinned woman it's like you it's okay to just call her beautiful y'all like mm -hmm. we do we do not have to be hershey we do not have to be yes. chocolate yeah come on now and don't get me wrong I, I used to think it was cute oh girl i used to have a i used to have a chocolate bar emoji in my bio i used to girl i used to love being called chocolate but now i'm right. just like nah it's good. and i saw that i've always kind of was like um over being chocolate but i think it was like last year or two years ago scotty beam had this long think piece on her instagram and was like don't call me chocolate um dark-skinned women don't post pictures of yourself trying to prove that you're beautiful like if yeah. they don't want to believe that shit let them not believe that shit which is right. fine you don't have to believe that shit but keep that shit to yourself because we trying to like you say break generational curses and this is yes. colorism is a generational curse you know and um what i started with is like youth like younger girls like mm -hmm. we're talking about this we have experiences where it's so ingrained of in us when we were like five or six years old <laughs> and we remember it in our 20s so just Sad. watch how you teach children mm -hmm. Please watch how you treat, how you treat your your little women in your life. You know your nieces, yes. your daughters, yes. your godchildren. Please watch how you treat them. Treat everybody equally. You know it's mm -hmm. it's ridiculous. And be cautious of what you say about their hair. Be cautious mm -hmm. about what you say about their skin. Um, I don't ever want to hear nobody telling no child that they can't go out and play in the sun yeah, because yeah, they're about yeah. to get too, that sounds ridiculous. Can you imagine telling a seven-year-old not to go outside and play in the sun because they're gonna get too dark? That sounds like a personal ass fucking problem. Exactly. Y'all can't do that. It's, it's just as simple to start off with that. And like you said before, if you hear colorist problematic ass remarks, if you hear light skin or dark skin, just be cautious of the sentence in itself mm -hmm. and navigate through that because dark skin women, we can't keep calling things out when nobody else sees it. Yeah. When nobody else wants to listen. Exactly. So that's the start. Yeah, that's a good start. That's a good start. And honestly, that's a start. And I think that's a, that's definitely a strong start. That's definitely, those are definitely things that 
will make a difference. You know, if, if they're practiced correctly, if they're practiced amongst everybody or amongst the majority, it definitely will make a difference. And the last thing I'll say is mm-hmm. if you're a dark women, woman navigating this, like you do not need to beat your face all the time. <laughs> you do not need to like really? put on a song or not you or like, no, oh, me too, too, or yeah. straw, whatever. You don't need to do something extra to go to the club with your mm-hmm. light skinned friends. Like you don't need to do anything. You just need to exist. Mm-hmm. And accept that's for starters for dark-skinned women just yeah. accept and i every day i don't sometimes i'll be like oh this lipstick is too light like i never thought i could contour because i was so dark i'm like it's no color darker than this like i was literally in college college like i cannot contour. i mean that was the thing there there literally was no color that we can contour with now there's there's colors we can contour yeah, with yeah, like yeah. there's that's definitely is the actual thing there was no colors we can contour with which goes back to the whole beauty standards it's yeah. like why is there no why is there no foundation or color you know right. well now now yes but at the just as recently as maybe three years ago Fenty came out with maybe three years ago so Mm -hmm. recently as five years ago freshman year in college which was not that long ago for me I was out here looking crazy simply because there was no color that was my complexion you know do black do black women not wear makeup so that's a thing too and colors like wearing bright colors yes nails all of these things like Mm -hmm. just exist do whatever the I can't curse. I won't curse. You want to do. <laughs> oh, you don't curse? <laughs> I'm not going to now. Oh, okay, good. I'm trying to. Good, good. Yeah. I be cursing so. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's all I want to end it off with. Awesome. This was a great discussion. I'm so happy that I could have this discussion with you. I think you're literally gorgeous, honestly and truly, and so smart. And I'm so yes, proud of you and everything you're doing. Thank you. So please go ahead and shout yourself out, your socials. He has an amazing business. Shout all that out, what you do, what you make, all that. Yeah, so I'm the founder of Noya Butters. I make uh, primarily moisturizing body butters. So I have three different kinds. You could find them on noyabutters.com, N-O-I-A, butters with a S.com. I'll leave the link. Yeah, and my personal is Brittany Re R I H Brittany. So. Yay! Thanks so much for talking to me. Of course, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Adulthood Aesthetics, the podcast. I hope that you learned a lot. I hope that this episode was very insightful. Black people, we are literally fighting for our lives right now. So it's just very important that we educate ourselves and help break these generational curses so we can advance as a people. And I just encourage everybody to hold yourself accountable as well as your friends and family accountable. Um, Stay mindful in everything that you do and just love on each other, please. Um, Make sure you follow me on Instagram, DannyRB underscore and the podcast at Adulthood Aesthetics. Subscribe and leave a rating and review i really appreciate it and i will talk to y'all later bye